It's good to be together again to be able to get into the Word of God. We are still in Acts chapter 2. If you are visiting us, you are most welcome. The church is studying the book of Acts. And last week, we were in Acts chapter 2. We look at the essence of Pentecost. And today, we are still in Acts chapter 2. We look at the gift of salvation. And then, next week, we are still in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. We look at the life in the community of believers. But it is great to be together. Acts 2, verse 36. I was a little bit touched this morning. I was reading my Bible and I found a note. What you see here is a little note scribbled back in 2014. I was walking down the streets of Leicester and I met this Chinese guy, tall Chinese guy, with this black robe and big cross. And I said to him, wow, you are Chinese, you are wearing the cross. This is a fashion statement. And he said, no, I believe in Jesus. And I thought, wow, that's unusual. I said, um, where do you go to church? He said, um, then he pointed to Leicester Cathedral. He just come back from China studying here. All he knew was the cathedral building. So he goes and sits in there, doesn't talk to anybody, and leaves. That's his service. And I said, would you want to come to church? So he came. And I came into the theater, we meet in the YMCA then. There was a guy sitting in there. The room was dark. The caretaker was in there. And I thought, what is going on? Who is in there? And I went and this guy was sitting there in this black robe with a big cross. And I said, what are you doing? Did you know service starts at 11? He said, oh, yes, but uh, I came at uh, 9 o'clock. I thought, great. So we studied the Bible. And um, he was um, not the most disciplined of students, should we say. So I gave him a schedule to go by. I think I've shared the story with some of you. But um, I said to him, look, get up at 7 a.m., phone me when you get up to make sure you are up. So he got up and phoned me. And I said, whether you have lectures or not, you need to be in the library at 9 a.m. Uh, we agreed on that. He said, yes, we'll do that. And when you get to the library, phone me. So he got to the library and he phoned me. And I thought, man, what a incredibly obedient guy. A week later, he came to church. I said, wow, you are amazing. You phoned me every single day, 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. from the library. And he said to me, uh, Actually, I phoned you at 7 a.m. and I went back to bed. <laughs> and I set my alarm for 9 a.m. and I'll get up and I'll phone you and go back to bed. <laughs> so he was very honest. I said, okay, let's start again. <laughs> and then, uh, honestly, the, by the second week, he wake up at 7 a.m., have his quiet time. 9 a.m., he will be in the library and we started studying the Bible. And then when we go to the book of Matthew, we started reading and he, this is a Chinese guy, verbatim quoted the Beatitudes. And I said, how do you know that? Four years before, he had an English teacher in China, an evangelical Christian who was using the Bible to teach him English. His Bible, English studies came from King James Version of the Bible. That's why he was taught English. So when we started reading, he thought, oh, I know that. He didn't know it was even the Bible. Isn't that amazing? He got baptized, by the way. Amen. That was good news. 
Then his friends called Jason came along. Now Jason doesn't believe in God at all. He's another Chinese guy. He said, Mr. Roger, you know what you did to my friend? Can you do it to me? I said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> so what do you did, my friend? Can you do it to me? I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm very lazy. I don't do any studies. I don't do any studies. I said, okay, Jason, phone me at 7 a.m. <laughs> and 9 a.m. you need to be in the library. And he phoned me. I said, why are you lazy? He plays computer games till 5 a.m. <laughs> and misses lectures. And he's just about to turn off the course. So I said, you phone me 7 a.m. And you need to be in the library at 9 a.m. And guess what? He did it. And he got first class. His parents thought, I mean, the president's parents, Chinese are very rich. I mean, this guy gives you present. I'm thinking, this thing, Harris has got about a thousand pounds. You know what I'm saying? The Chinese are just so rich. I don't know how they make their money. But, um, so I, I looked at this and I thought, oh, there. He's even written his Chinese marks on there as we're going through. My point Christianity matters. And what we do, what, we don't just give the gospel. We need to change lives. And indeed, the gospel will change lives. Oh, Dan Solomon went to China, by the way. He sent me a video, and this is what worried me. I don't know what he taught the people. I think I still have it. But he was just baptizing people. I'm thinking, did he teach them? <laughs> Probably he did. But he baptized about 15 people, and uh, I thought, Okay, God, you do the rest of that. <laughs> Where he was was about three thousand miles from the church, <coughs> but he knew the scriptures and he knew the Bible said, "Go and make disciples and baptize them." Probably he taught them well. I'm assuming he taught them well. God is in charge of all that, but he was baptizing all these people. I'm thinking that's amazing. That's amazing. Amen. Acts chapter two. Let's get into the scriptures. In verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucify, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Repent, Peter replied, and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises for you, your children, and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Amen. Amen. This is where our text for the day. Of course, last week, we read the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given. Peter told them in verse 33, what you've just witnessed, Jesus is in heaven and he's delivered the Holy Spirit. And then he told them, about Joel's prophecy as to why that was to happen. If we look at Joel's prophecy, Peter said, listen to me carefully, fellow Jews, 
Verse 17. Verse 16. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all my people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So, that is the prophecy what you saw on the day of Pentecost. But in the green was also the prophecy. I will also show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire, billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness. So, the prophecies are there. But Peter have just said to them, let all Israel be assured, this Christ whom you crucified is the Messiah. Now, we have read, we have the Bible and we read up to verse 38 or whatever. But those people hearing the message don't know about verse 38 yet. They are not aware of verse 38 yet. They haven't got there yet. They've been told the Holy Spirit has come. It's prophecy of Joel. The Spirit will descend on people. There will be blessing. But there is also judgment. And indeed a fire. Divine presence as well as divine judgment. But if we have crucified the Messiah, which one is coming to us? Do you understand what I'm saying? Which one is coming to us? We don't know what Peter is going to say. What shall we do, Peter? Which one is going to come to us? Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified. He said they were cut to heart. They were cut. <clears throat> cut in his mind. They were pierced, stabbed. The heart, cardia. Do you have cardiac arrest? Mm-hmm. Come from that word. It's the seat of thought and emotion. They are disturbed. Their emotions and their mental state is completely stabbed, pierced, disturbed. They are overwhelmed. They are in despair. What have we done? The guy we said was murderer. By the way, we released the murderer Barabbas and we killed the Messiah. What have we just done? What have we just done? Then perhaps they remember what Jesus has told them before they crucified him. He went on to tell them this parable when he was alive. A man planted a vineyard rented it to some farmers and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenant so they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenant beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent another servant. But that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed. He sent still a third. And what did they do? They wounded him and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I'll send my son, whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenant saw him, he talked the matter over. This is the hair. They said, Let's kill him. And the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard to do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. So what are these people expecting? 
who have just thrown the hair out, who just killed him. What are they expecting? They are disturbed. They are cut to their heart. They are tortured. What shall we do? Peter, are we going to die? What were they expecting? What it could have been? What it could have been? If it is true, they are thinking that Jesus Christ was the son of the owner of the vineyard. That is the son of God. If Jesus Christ is the heir of whole creation, as he talked about, and in fact, if we have thrown him out of his vineyard and crucified him, then today, the day of Pentecost, what should happen? Those fires should come and do what? Burn everything in Jerusalem to cinder. That's what they should be expecting. Instead, Peter says to them, today, mercy has come on you. Pardon and forgiveness has come on you. A new gift is being given to you. The day of Pentecost, if it is true that Christ was the Messiah and who killed him, should have been the day where God's wrath as God shared in Romans. It should be the day of God's wrath, rage, fury. Instead, there was unprecedented outpouring of God's blessings, God's spirit. It should have been the day of worldwide destruction. Instead, it became a day of worldwide salvation. It should have been the beginnings of the terror, the blood and fire, billows of smoke, the sun turning into darkness, the moon to blood. That's what it should have begun. Actually, it became the first fruits of restoration for all of us. We have murdered God's son, and yet God was offering us his spirit. Isn't that amazing? We have crucified the second person of the Trinity, and God has given us the third person of the Trinity. We have thrown God's son out of his creation. And instead of God throwing out the thieves out, guess what? He's inviting us to receive his spirit into our hearts. It wasn't simply some gift of the Holy Spirit, the sign gift or the truth gift or the service gift. The Holy Spirit himself is coming to dwell in us. Amen. And you see, the day of Pentecost was a day of grace. It was the day of grace. It could have been terrible, but it became the day of grace. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? 
or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, which is what we are, if then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God is gracious. Amen. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Amen. Verse 8 goes on. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Amen. We are saved by the grace of God. And it is important that we remember that the day of Pentecost should have been a day to be feared. But it became a day where we look forward. There was one condition though. It said repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized and all this will be yours. Amen. So what do we repent of? Of course, we repent of sin. Romans 3.10 As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. We are all sinners. Amen. Yeah. We are all sinners. 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's our state. We stand before God, sinful men and women. So Galatians 5 goes on to remind us of this incredible tension. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, of the sinful nature. For the flesh, the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. We don't like talking about this, do we? But this stops us from entering the kingdom of God. It makes us reject the Holy Spirit, the gifts that is being given on Pentecost. Let's look at what he's telling us. Sexual morality. The Greek word is pornia. When I was studying the Bible and they asked me, what is sexual morality? I said, oh, when you rape somebody, that is sexual morality. Of course, my definition was wrong. Yeah. Because you know what? Oh, but I have sex with a girl. I didn't rape them. We agreed. Therefore, I'm not sexually immoral. That's what I was trying to get to. If I didn't know 
I was sexually immoral. I thought this is this is nature. A sexual immorality. Come on, Roger. The only sexual moral behavior God expects is sex between husband and man and wife and woman. Anything outside of that is sexual morality. So if two single people agree to sleep together, that is sexual morality. And those who live like this will not enter the kingdom of God. If a man sleeps with a man, that is sexual morality. And those who live like this will not enter the kingdom of God. If a woman decides to sleep with a woman, that is sexual morality. And those who live like this will not enter the kingdom of God. If a married person sleeps with somebody not married to them, that is sexual morality. And you will not enter the kingdom of God. If a human being decides to sleep with an animal, that is sexual morality. And you will not enter the kingdom of God. When I was a student, when I confessed my sins, my daughters get embarrassed. That's okay. Am I, where is Tommy? Tommy, stand. Where is Tommy? Stand. <laughs> you see Tommy, ha- Tommy has hair. I used to have hair like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now mine wasn't as um, mine wasn't as polished as that. Mine wasn't. I think he's lived in England for so long. It's a bit nice and cool. Mine was really rough. Okay. And uh, I was walking on Nelson Square one day. Tell us more. An English lady, blonde girl, walks to me and said, "Where are you from?" I said, "I'm from Ghana." I said, "Wow." Can I touch your horse? And of course you can't touch my hair. <laughs> and she goes, I've never slept with an African guy. Would you want to? And I thought heaven had opened. <laughs> of course, I lived a sexually immoral life. Come on, Roger. <laughs> Again, I was on my course, a Malaysian girl. The same, a Chinese. You understand what I'm saying? Sexual morality. And then you said in the Bible and say, what is sexual morality? Oh, when you rape somebody. I didn't even know I was in Satan's camp so much. Sin blinds you, don't they? Sexual morality. Sexual morality. Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And thank God that the Bible was open. I was convicted. It talks about impurity. Impurity. Okay. Things that we do that are impure. We won't want anybody to see it. Masturbation, quietly. Pornography. Now it's on your screens. When I was in boys' boarding school, you risk running to the shop to buy Playboy magazine. It was quite expensive. Students, you need to save money to buy. 
and one boy will get it and we'll all rush to their dormitory. Now, if you are caught, you'll be dismissed. So then we have to rush into the bush. Now, <laughs> the things we went to, now it's on your phones. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Impurity. Debauchery, he goes on to talk about. Unrestrained in your moral attitude and behaviors. Self-indulgent. Sensuality. Debauchery. Idolatry. Worship of idols. Okay. You put your security in physical things. You trust more in your physical possessions and abilities rather than trusting in God. Trusting in something other than God is idolatry. Whatever it is for you. For me at some point it was my academics. Wow. It was my God. I couldn't see anything else. Talks about witchcraft. Funny enough, the Greek word for witchcraft is apart from the sorcery bit, there's also the link called pharmakia, which is where the word pharmacy comes from. Yeah, drugs. Mixing of potions, bring to bring about altered mental state, yeah. stimulation. Yeah. So can you imagine drugs, yeah. smoking, yeah. stimulants, okay? The dark arts are there as well with, with uh, sorcery and witchcraft and black magic. But we don't pay attention to these things. And you think, oh, I mix this drug with alcohol and this and my mental state will alter we hear of all these people going into Amazon doing all these rituals. A static state, whatever. It's witchcraft. The dark arts, the horoscopes. Said those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hatred. Enmity. Wow, Brexit really showed that we hate each other in this land. The hostility. The tension. And England is a Christian nation. <laughs> Hatred. Guys, make sure you don't hate anybody. It will destroy you. It will destroy you. And by the way, unless you forgive, God cannot forgive you. Discord. Strife. Dissension. Conflict. A quarrelsome person. Argumentative. Some people just say quarrelsome. Jealousy. Becoming too possessive. Okay? It's funny, the word for jealousy also comes from the word zealous. That's interesting, the Greek word is zealous somehow. It's not a zeal for God. It's zeal for possession. You become possessive of somebody. Jealous. Fist of rage. Fury, anger. I like when the tennis is going on. Australia Open is going on. You see like people smashing their rackets. That's face of rage. It's not sportsmanship. <laughs> okay. Outburst of anger. You know when you slam the doors at home? Oh, that's not teenage tantrums. That's face of rage. Yeah. Carl Roger, preach. 
banging, yelling, road rage, pressing the horn. Mm. That face of rage. We can all have face of rage. I remember Jackie and I had visitors one time and it was a busy day, we couldn't cook. Jackie's friends came around. So the plan was I need to go and buy pizza. So I phoned the pizza place. I said, how long would it take for delivery? They said, one hour. I said, wow, one hour, that's a long time. What if I came to pick it up? They said, oh, in that case, 20 minutes. So I leg up, go and pick four large pizzas. I was walking home with my large pizzas. And four guys around me. With knives. They said, don't be silly. Don't, don't do anything stupid. Now, it would have been nice if they just collected the boxes of pizza and walked away. <laughs> but they surrounded me and opened the pizza and started eating. <laughs> and they'll finish the box and put it down and they open the next one. Now, imagine if I had a gun on me. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. I was raging. Now imagine them coming to your wife with her friends, her best friends. Where is the pizza? Oh, sorry, some guys beat me up. And it's not the most impressive report. Where is the pizza? I said, don't worry. I'm not even going to tell you what happened. But I was raging. For the first time I thought we should have guns in England. <laughs> we should have guns. We should own guns. People like that needs to be shot. <laughs> but things will happen face of rage. Selfish ambition. Okay? Selfish ambition. Making life all about you and your achievements. Selfish ambition. Dissensions, discord, disunity. Division, separation, splits, cousins, factions, okay? The Bible has all this. And it said, if we live like this, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why am I spending time talking about this? Because sin separates us from God. It makes us reject the gift of grace without us even knowing Romans 3. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now so ashamed of? The sins I confess, I'm ashamed of. What benefit did I reap? I could have had AIDS. I could have, you understand what I'm saying? Anything could have happened. Those things result in death, in true spiritual death, as we spoke about two weeks ago. But now that you've been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is what? Eternal life. Isn't that awesome? For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 
So therefore repent and be baptized. It's a beautiful thing. Repent and be baptized. It's a beautiful thing. Repent and be baptized. Change your mind. Turn away from sin. Be baptized. It is important that we do that. He said, when the people heard, when they heard, what did they hear? They heard the word of God being preached by Peter. If we are coming to God, we need to hear the word being preached. Amen? They were cut to their heart. They were disturbed when they realized what sin does. Therefore, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. That your sins may be forgiven. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because without the Holy Spirit, the Christian walk will be impossible. Without the Spirit of truth, we will have no understanding. Without the unity of the Spirit, there will be no fellowship. We looked at that yesterday in the family group leaders meeting. Shared conviction, shared vision, unity of the spirit. Without the fruit of the spirit, we'll have no character. Gentleness, self-control, love, kindness. We need that. Without the power of the spirit, there will be no effective witness. When we go out, we go out in the power of the spirit. Amen. As the body without breath is dead. So the church without the Holy Spirit is dead. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it dwells in you if you've repented and been baptized. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Move in the power of the Spirit. Repent and be baptized. That your sins will be forgiven. And receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Said for, this is for everybody. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. And be added to the number. Amen. Amen. And be added to the number. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm joining the church. Oh, I like this church because of the singing. No, no, no. God is adding you to his kingdom. It's not a club where you pay to join. It's nothing you do. You cannot boast. Guess what? I became perfect, therefore... I joined the church. No. <laughs> we are sinful wretches. Saved by grace. Saved by grace. And it's also when the word goes out and people make that decision, they want to be saved by grace and receive the Holy Spirit. It's encouraging. A young lady called Tracy has been studying the Bible. And... Um, this week coming, Tracy will be baptized. Tracy, can you stand? Tracy will receive forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit will come and give it to her. That's encouraging. A young man has been studying the Bible and he's making that same decision. Want to repent and be baptized. So this week coming, Michael will get baptized. Where is Michael? Please stand. Oh 
the power of God will be on him to preach. <laughs> and to go on dates as well. Amen. But today, two young men have also made a decision. So today, after service, there will be baptism in this building. Where is Seth? There is Seth. Come on, Seth. will be baptized after the service today and what a journey what a privilege being to study the Bible with him okay with Jabu and Cameron and and uh, Tosi and of course Derek what a joy and another young man that has been prayed for even before she was born <laughs> Jordan where is Jordan stand So we're encouraging. But I see this is not a work of man. God's spirit is moving. God wants all people to be saved. We are just instruments to be used. And let's make ourselves available as disciples to be used by God. To preach the word. This is what the New Testament tells us as to how we get saved. We hear the message. When the people heard this, they were cut to their heart. They heard the message. We believe in Christ. Amen. Faith. We repent of our sins. We confess Jesus as our Lord. And we are immersed for the forgiveness of our sins. So, the Holy Spirit, we have the gift of salvation. Thank you very much for your time.